we celebrate um, the coming of Christ 2,000 years ago and as we look forward to the eventual return of Christ. Again, this is one of my favorite things that we do all year because we get to see family, we get to uh, see friends, we get to see people uh, that we're connected to that live in other cities as they're visiting family, so it's really a great time we look forward to every year. The season, uh, as I'm reminded, can be pretty stressful. Uh, last night, Ashley and I were sitting on the couch. We both kind of looked at each other in panic. We had forgotten one of our kids' Christmas presents. It had been ordered, but it was on Uri Drive and Shreveport. And, uh, and I just loathe going to Uri Drive if I can avoid it, especially uh, on Christmas Eve. And I was reminded as I was doing all that in and out of stores today just how stressful this time of the year can be. Finding the right gifts for all the people, trying not to go into debt, showing up to all the parties, bringing all the food, eating all the food, I guess. Um, Some awkward conversations as people bring up politics and they're a different kind of view than yours is. Um, The crazy uncle that you only see once a year. If you're the crazy uncle that's here tonight, thanks for just enlivening most all of our Christmas holidays. Um, Then the actual disappointment sometimes of Christmas, either your kid's not liking what they got or it just gets old very quickly, normally about three or four hours on Christmas morning and I'm like ready to go do something, like let's get out of this house. If not that, it's uh, wrapping up the year, it's looking at personal evaluations from work, it's all the resolutions you're going to set again this year, right? And if we're not careful, we miss Jesus. And it's a real issue, I think. All the things, and these are good things and festive things and nostalgic things. I love Christmas, but my point is, This is why I love this evening. For the next few moments, for the next 20 minutes, we can forget about all the things and all the stuff and we can listen and clue in, tune our heart and our ear and our mind to Jesus. In Matthew chapter 1, we see an angel appearing to Joseph In verse 20, he says, But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. As I was studying for the Christmas series we've been in, it was, I noticed how incredible it was that God took every measure possible to speak to us. A few months ago, I was talking to my kids. I had, was rummaging through a box and I found a beeper, a pager. Anybody remember those, right? What those are? And I began to explain to them what a, what a pager was. Now, I spent my own money and got my very own pager when I was in ninth grade because I was so important that people needed to, like, beep me for something, right? And I was explaining to them, well, then what did you do after you, got the, after you got the beep? Well, there was special codes that we would put in the... In the anybody grew up in the 90s, you kind of know the special codes, you know, 911, you got to call right now. 
That means you better find a gas station and a quarter on the bottom of the floor. You got an actual pay phone. You're going to call them. Hey, man, what's going on? Hey, bring me some Taco Bell. I was like, no, no, no. See, that's not, that's, that's not a 911. See, that, those, were, those little codes were our first emojis, right, that we're going to kind of send so that we could know exactly what was being communicated. One of my kids said, man, that's a lot of trouble to call someone. And it is, and it was, but we knew nothing else. I remember watching the Jetsons as a kid, and, you know, they had that little video phone. You know, just growing up in the 90s, sorry, this is what this has become. Um, And I would just think as a little kid, how amazing would that be to actually see someone while you talk to them? And yet, my kids, that is just like the most normal thing ever. They do not actually want to call anyone without seeing them. Like, you know, they spend hours at home looking at the friend that they just saw at school that day, talking to them. It was far different in the first century when Jesus came. Of course, no pagers and cell phones or nor pay phones, right? He came into a world that had been experiencing 40, 400 years of silence. They hadn't heard one word from God, no direction, no update on the promise that had been given thousands of years before, no peek into what God might doing. Can you imagine the conversations around the dinner table? Has the prophet showed up? Has anyone heard anything? What is God saying? Things were getting worse and worse to the point to where Isaiah prophesied that the coming Messiah would come into a world He uses the phrase that is in a deep darkness. And so an angel shows up, tells Zechariah that they're going to have John the Baptist in this incredible, miraculous way, John the Baptist. And he would be a foreshadowing, one that goes before the Messiah, who is Jesus. When you look at the themes of Christmas, maybe the theme could be this. God speaking. I was grabbed by this as I was reading all of these different narratives that God crossed, he went through so much trouble just to speak, just to talk to us, that he spoke through angels like he did to Mary and Joseph and Zechariah and then to the shepherds that we just read and just sang. Our very word angel comes from the Greek word angelos, which means messenger, these messengers of God sent from God to bring this message to us. He spoke through angels, he spoke through dreams. This very passage, God spoke to Joseph almost exclusively through dreams. What's more, Joseph took these dreams seriously and made life-altering choices based on them. Would you marry a woman or move to a foreign country based upon your dreams? Joseph did. God speaks through nature. The pagan wise men followed what through the sky? They followed the star to worship the infant Jesus. They were literally moved to action because something that they observed in nature, God cluing them in on where the Messiah was. God spoke through Scripture. Matthew takes great care to point out the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies in his nativity story. The stars may have guided the wise men to Israel, but the word of the prophet Micah gave them the final steps to take Even Mary's spontaneous song that we refer to as the Magnificat is recorded again and again, her quoting these great prophecies of these Old Testament prophets. God spoke through Scripture. He speaks through worship. 
Zechariah encountered the angel Gabriel and he was fulfilling the office of the priest and as he was burning incense in the temple, that's worship. And while worshiping, an angel shows up. God speaks through the Holy Spirit. These two people that we wouldn't know other than this story, Simeon and Anna, received the most unusual invitation to celebrate the birth of the king. They went because they had a hunch, but more than that, this case, it wasn't actually a hunch at all. It was the Holy Spirit who was leading them, telling them the Messiah was on his way. But still one more, and this is certainly the greatest of all, that God speaks through Jesus. The Christ child, as the word became flesh, John's prologue begins with this. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The opening book of Hebrews that we studied just a couple days ago revealed that although God speaks at many times in many ways, His ultimate Word to us is in a person, and that person is Jesus. The angels told the shepherds, this shall be a sign for you, you will find a baby. All of God's words are contained in Him. They were then, they are now. And his message is so simple that a child can understand it, but so deep that an elephant could swim in it. Philosophers and theologians for thousands of years have studied these words. You and I are gathered here tonight intently looking at them before we go off to our festive celebrations. But what was his message what does God want from these characters at Christmas? More importantly, what does God want from me? What does God want from you? And it's so simple. Contained in the word Emmanuel, he wants to be with you. He wants you, that's it. He doesn't want what you do for him. He doesn't want all the good things. He just wants you. You are the treasure. You are the prize. That's why we celebrate at Christmas, God, with us, that he came to be with us. He came to dwell with us. Again, in John 1, verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. He came into humanity and did life with people. He walked the roads that they walked. He struggled with the same struggles that we struggle with. He was tempted by similar temptations. And that wasn't necessarily required. But he did it, right, so that he could be with us. We see a glimpse into the heart of God that he, he came to be with us. Several years ago, maybe decades ago, I, uh, I'd always been part, you know, like I didn't have to buy things for my cousins. My parents did that. But we had one of these where, you know, I had gone off to college and had a real job. And so it was my turn to like bring actual gifts. So I came and I brought one of my nephews a football. Thinking, man, every, you know, can always use another football. He opened it up and just stormed out of the room in anger because he already had three footballs. This was the fourth. 
And I was upset with him because he didn't appreciate my gift. But more importantly than that, I think what stirred up my anger, and hopefully it won't revisit tomorrow when my kids don't get exactly what they want, is because what we want from our kids is what God really wants from us. We want them just to want to be with us. God came into humanity to be with people. Tim Keller puts it this way. He willingly put himself in the form of withness. I love that. He has come alongside, has made available for people to be with him. And that is the great miracle of the Bible, that the God of the universe is interested in your little life. Your hopes, your dreams, your joys, your fears, your thoughts, your struggles, your prayers, your tears. He wants to be with you. He loves you. This is what we celebrate at Christmas, him coming near, God being with us. He wants to be with you. When you look through the Old Testament, every time God had come in the past, he came in ways that scared people literally half to death. His glory or weightiness would just scare people. He would show up in a tornado, right, scaring people in a pillar of fire, in a smoking furnace moving through the air, this incredible heat. Every time his presence would show up, everyone would have to turn their face. That is every time before Jesus came. Jesus didn't come as any of those. He came in humility. He was God with us. When his first followers encountered him, they asked if he was the Messiah, and he invited them to come and see. He invited them to come and be with him. Jesus invited those around him to come and do life with him. And he gives the same invitation today, that you can really know him, not just about him. You can know him personally. As a matter of fact, that's the only kind of knowing that really ultimately counts. Why didn't Jesus come in a fire or a tornado so that we could be with him? So he came as a baby. There's nothing more innocent than a baby. Nothing more humble than a baby. Jesus came to take away the barrier, to defeat sin and death, to establish his kingdom, not in a specific place, but in the hearts of his followers you can know God that way today how in the world is that possible because Jesus came to be with us he took away the penalty of our sin and took it upon himself he took away the filth that separated us from the father and then offered forgiveness to us to anyone who would turn to him in faith do you see the lengths that God has gone to get this message to you that he loves you and he wants to be with you? Now some of you may have heard some distorted version of that message of the gospel. And Jesus came to set the record straight to bring the good news and that's what I want to close with tonight. Jesus says to the irreligious, you don't have to be God. Because there is one, and he does it perfectly, and he has the power to actually deliver you and break bondage that is over you to bring peace and healing and joy. He says to the religious people, why are you so focused on trying to earn God's favor through all your good works? The good news that Jesus reminds us of, us of is that there's nothing you can do to make God love you any more or any less. 
Many who see God as some sort of genie in the sky or you're upset with him because he hasn't given you what you asked for. The good news is that being with him is far greater than any blessing that he might bring. It's not just really that God is with us, but that he's in us. Not just that he came into the world 2,000 years ago, it's that he can come into your world right now. Scripture says that through the Holy Spirit, Christ resides in us. As the Apostle Paul would say it, Christ in you, the hope of glory. What a powerful phrase. Christ in you. Well, pastor, how do we respond to a message as as simple but difficult as this? What do you want us to do? What does God want us to do? And here's the answer, and this is so good. Nothing. I want you to celebrate and revel and delight and rest and enjoy the fact that salvation and redemption have been accomplished by the birth, the life, the death, and the, eventual, the resurrection and eventual return of Jesus. It's free, and all he wants is you. He just wants you to be with him. If you're here tonight, I want to invite you to respond to God speaking. Respond to the invitation to come to him, to yield your life to him. Maybe you've been a pretty religious person all your life, but you've never been saved by grace through faith. You've been playing this church game your whole life, just trying to earn a little bit more so that God would be happy to you. And the good news of Christmas is Jesus saying, listen, it's the only religion in the world where you have to actually repent of your good works because they're not going to get you into God's family. You need to surrender to his grace Maybe you're in here and you need to repent because you've always seen God as this genie in the sky and maybe you're angry with him right now because he didn't give you what you wanted or he gave you something you didn't ask for. Jesus reminds us that God is a good father who loves us. He gives good gifts to his children, but sometimes he also allows difficult things into our life because he's in the process of transforming our character into the best version that we could be, the destiny that he's placed in front of us. The band's going to come up and we're going to sing again. I want you to take just a few moments, just right where you're at. Would you listen to God speaking? Is he bringing conviction of sin or encouragement? as you've walked through just a really difficult season, would you ask him to speak to you? My encouragement is, is once you hear his voice, then just do what he leads you to do. Listen, you're not responding to me, you're responding to God. I mean, this is the birthday of Jesus that we're celebrating after all, is it not? Imagine the great God of heaven reaching down, covering such a distance so that he could speak to you, that he could remind you tonight that he loves you. Scripture tells us while you were still in your mother's womb, he knew you. 
that he hears you, that he cares for you, that he has a plan for you. And just as Jesus invited his first disciples to come and see, he invites us to do the same. He would say, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all who are confused, tired, trying to earn righteousness before a holy God. Just come to me with what you have. God, we love you. What an incredible opportunity it is to be reminded that you're a God that speaks to us. And just as you spoke then, you still speak now. Encouraging our hearts, providing comfort, leading us into the truth. So I pray as we are praying, Father, that we would make much of your son Jesus tonight. Not just singing the songs because they're on a screen, but from the very depths of our heart, we would sing with gratitude and overflowing joy because you're a God who loves us and wants to speak to us. It's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray, amen. We're gonna sing. I'll be in the back if you'd like to pray with someone. I'd love to pray with you. If you're making a decision to follow Christ tonight or you have any kind of prayer request, if you did write that on a card, Jason's going to be up in just a minute to tell you what to do with that. Let's sing together.